0: Hello everybody, welcome to part 3 of our Tarantino Retrospective. I'm Stephen Hurst and with me as usual is Mr Chris Droney. Hello Chris.
1: Hello Stephen, how are you doing?
0: Very well and we finally, we're a bit late because it's going into February now with our final part of the Tarantino Retrospective which we said was going to be on just The Hateful Eight. We have both seen the the film and we're going to do a very spoiler-filled review of this movie. So... Chances are, if you haven't seen it, you're not going to at the cinema yeah. at this uh, stage, because it is uh, literally the beginning of February now. But um, if you're thinking about it still, then please do go and watch it, and then come back and listen to this afterwards. yada 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 yada. yada. spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, and all that. Yeah, so, absolutely. now, I, I have seen the film more than once, but I will point out that I did get to see it at London's Leicester Square Odeon Cinema for the 70mm roadshow engagement presentation uh, that's been touring the world. Got a lovely booklet that came with it as well. A big square-shaped booklet that lists all the cities in America and London (laughs) Uh, where it's been playing. Uh, Yeah, so I got to see it as the director intended. That came with the opening overture. Uh, and as well as an intermission. The intermission was literally just a break. You didn't have, like, music playing yeah. or anything like that. It just it just stopped playing and everyone fucked off for 20 minutes. Went to the um, toilet. And that was in poo. total over three hours. Yeah, yeah, quite the experience. But I have to say, I paid 25 quid a ticket for that. I took a mate with me for his birthday. And the seats where we, where we, where we were were the, the best seats in the house. It was £25 a, a head. And it was freezing fucking cold. Because <laughs> we saw it at 11am in the morning. The place was not heated. There was... I I don't even know what percentage of people were in there but there was nobody downstairs you know that cinema Chris yeah 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 Yeah, we were on the upstairs on the front of the balcony and you basically I think if everyone crammed together the the front three rows of that balcony would have been full the rest of it was empty oh wow oh yeah but, know, I mean, this was quiet. a Friday this was a Friday morning at 11am
1: yeah okay yeah fair
0: enough I mean like yeah so yeah not that many people around I, I had already seen it at this point so you know I, I was more sort of like looking forward to seeing it again as opposed to oh this is all new yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah there we go how about you, yourself
1: uh, yeah I saw in the cinema uh, about a week after it was released yes um, uh, just in the Hackney Picture House which is around the corner from where I live uh-huh. uh, really good little you know well, you know the Picture House cinemas are oh, no, just no, really well, yeah. good and really homely and really nice yeah. great beers decent more than decent food great food so just went there had a bit of had a bit of a pizza a couple of a bot- couple of bottles of beer went into one of the nicer screens in the cinema and just sat down for three hours and really really enjoyed the film it's a good film
0: It's a very good film, isn't it? Uh, I think so far you and I have pretty much been on point when it comes to Tarantino, Uh, which surprised me. We both were not very impressed with the Kill Bills. Uh, Mm. We were both very impressed with uh, Jackie Brown. We were both uh, shouting its praises. And we were both saying, yeah, what's the big deal with Pulp Fiction? (laughs) What I love the most, I think, about the Hateful Eight experience, uh, having seen it more than once and knowing that it really does deliver on the rewatch again because it's like watching a a really strong stage play is the fact that most people I know all the people that I know that love pulp fiction and think it's one of the best ones ever made all came out of this one grumbling going <laughs> Ugh, it's too long uh it takes ages to get going I love the fact that none of them fucking get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: no it, it is a it is a slow burn certainly but it but when it does kick off like during that uh, ba- like in the middle of the third chapter, yeah. when um the story that's playing over um Silent Night, yes, uh, that's when it really kind of oh, notches it, up it, it, notches it, it, up yeah. a couple of gears, and from Absolutely. then on it's really just yeah. hell for leather.
0: But for me, uh, and, and and like I said, you get this on the rewatch. It's not a case of oh, and that's when the film really gets going. It's uh, each of the chapters has just absolute gold in them. Like I said, if you watch it as a stage play, instead of, uh, oh, I want to get to the action, mm. then you have absolutely no problem with the, you know, the almost three-hour running time. I think we should talk about this one in chapter, because there's six chapters in total. Yeah. We can go through it. But first of all, the first thing I want to mention is the opening credits. Love that elongated shot of the uh, uh, Jesus on the cross yeah. in the snow. But the music is really strong in my opinion i love this well, when i first saw this with my girlfriend even she was like oh my god that music that music cue, And she was humming it doo, 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 doo. and and she never does that enio morricone has done a fantastic job
1: yeah no he's done Excellent. superbly he's uh oscar winner for sure for the original score this yeah, is yeah
0: i i reckon he's going to get it i yeah. reckon he'll get i reckon he'll win it yeah no um I... Now, the interesting thing is that... I mean, this is the first time that Tarantino has used a proper score. Hmm. Um, and there are a couple of cheats. There are a couple of songs. And there you've got a Roy Orbison, Orbison song at the end credits. You've got a, a Jack White one uh, in the middle of the... Well, in the middle... Uh, in one of the opening uh, sequences when the horses was running across terrain. But Eno Morricone did actually borrow four cues from previous movies um, for this film. Three of them from The Thing which apparently were unused, and I actually spotted two of them, mm. and one from The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and again, that's actually uh, used during uh, when the horses are just charging across the train, and it's got like a, a a woman going la 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 in the background, that's from The Exorcist 2. But yep. um, I definitely spotted uh, one of the ones from the thing when the guys are outside pegging all those, um, you know, they've got to make their way to the shitter, Oh uh, and yeah, yeah. To, and to the stable, they've got to put down all those pegs and the rope. The, yeah, they're basically just lining yeah. out a rope so they can get in and out. The music cue that's playing there—it's like an organ. Um, that is definitely taken. Well, no, it wasn't used in the thing. It was—it was unused from the thing, but I could tell that because it had that whole dum dum, dum dum, yeah, uh, m- uh, bass, yeah. Uh, from there, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, otherwise, uh, uh, yeah, all the other original music is fantastic. Mm.
1: No, really, is superb. It just kind of really grabs the the feel of the what this film is meant to be. I mean, it is. It's a west. Mm. It's a western, isn't it? And it really does mm-hmm. kind of grab that kind of schematic. I guess is the term. I kind of. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. It just really. Any Marconi just really, just gra- like gets it all and just puts it all together, and it also makes for really good listening.
0: It does. Yeah. So I'll be looking forward to because you and I're going to do a response to the Oscars when they happen at the mm. end of uh, February. Uh I think we'll be looking forward to going see you told you that one was going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so the six chapters. The first one is um called Last Days to Red Rock. And that's basically where you, we meet uh Samuel L. Jackson and Kurt Russell and Jennifer Jason Lee's characters. Yeah. Not of course forgetting the poor fucker that's driving the coach as well, a character called OB. Yeah. Um and uh, it, I in mean, this initial chapter, you get down who Russell is and who uh, Samuel L. Jackson are. They're both men of the same profession, mm. but with very, very different backgrounds. One's a black a black man, one's a white man. One likes to take his bodies in dead. The other one insists on taking them in alive. Mm. Um, so you learn a lot about the characters' backgrounds through that. But also the fact that you've got Jennifer Jason Lee there as the person that uh, Kurt Russell's character, John Ruth, is uh, taking in. So a lot of it is just banter between uh, those two, sort of setting down the, the rules and stuff. Uh, did any of that grab you when you watched it?
1: Uh, just kind of the chatting between the two. Yes, I yeah mm. the
0: the initial uh, kind of
1: how it kicks off between the two before Samuel Jackson even gets into the carriage. Yeah, that was um, just you know what Kurt Russell's demeanor and his face because oh, of that facial hair, just like <laughs> he really kind of. Yeah, it was. It was, and the, the kind of the chatting, the idea of um, Kurt Russell not being—he has a notion of chucking some bodies up on the top of that carriage. Just the 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 two of them uh, at it. Like Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic in this movie, and yeah. he kind of he's really owns the role that he's got. Um, Absolutely. But the the two the two of them kind of throughout the film. Are are great together. Um, but yeah, initially it just kind of,
0: it just springs from there, doesn't it? It's just like,
1: yeah, re- yeah. He
0: learned that he, uh, they've got a mutual respect for each other, which mm. is largely based on what turns out to be a lie, which is this letter that we get introduced to later yes. on. Um, and that's why Kurt Russell, you know, lets him in, uh, mm. and why he has that respect. But it also feeds into, um, Samuel L. Jackson's character in the end of the film because he is resigned to upholding John Roos principles. Yes. Uh which we'll get to. <laughs> uh, um, but you have also you've also got um Daisy Damageu <laughs> uh getting the living shit knocked out of her Jesus by Christ. Russell.
1: It's you know what throughout mm. this film you just kind of like watch it through your hands don't you because she gets the shit kicked out of her.
0: I know, and just covered in just uh, ex- well, just the amount of blood she gets covered in. I know. But the first time is he, he gets out the carriage to help Sam, to talk to Samuel Jackson, and she starts miffing off, and he clubs on the top of the head. Yeah. And you get this close up of her face, and then you see the blood slowly trickling down the side of her head. You're like, "Fuck, I bet that hurt."
1: Oh, that's when she and when he elbows her, just mm. square in the nose. No, no, that's
0: the second time. Okay, yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, the second. Yeah, that's when she's miffing off. She's calling him an idiot, and that's when he elbows her, and he goes, "No, we should. You and I should work on a signal." <laughs> 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 Samuel L. Jackson's uh, reaction to that is priceless because mm. he's laughing along and he even gives her a look of, yeah, that's what's going to happen, bitch. Yeah. And then she just her her expression changes and she winks at him slightly. Yeah. And then you see this the smile on Samuel L. Jackson's face just slowly drip away. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz he's like what the fuck is up with this woman? Oh, well she's it's just, great.
1: Yeah, well, she's just mental, isn't she? But yeah. there's um there's a, this film is very funny at points as
0: well. <laughs> oh god yeah. Um like well, go- like the third time she gets hit by Samuel L. Jackson,
1: oh god! Yeah,
0: when she spits in spits on his letter and he punches her and she goes yeah. flying out the carriage <laughs> and takes Kurt Russell with her. <laughs> oh. Now, there's a typical case of you know when we talked about um, uh, Django Unchained, when uh, Django shoots someone at the very end and and their body flies in the direction that it wouldn't. Yes, yeah. that's kind of what happens here. Samuel L. Jackson hooks her and she goes flying out the sort of towards him, but out the, out the door at the same time and takes Kurt Russell with her. Yeah but whatever uh, whatever it's, uh, it's hilarious <laughs> it is hilarious
1: how she would ever have the power how he could ever hit her in such a way that she would be thrown out of a carriage is one thing be thrown yeah. out of the carriage with enough force to drag a huge man with her is something else entirely <laughs> considering that she isn't even able to move said man later on in the film
0: yeah Um. <laughs> oh that's a good point yeah uh, oh, that's yeah. great! Because he, because you get a very quick what the <laughs> reaction from Kurt Russell when he goes flying out with her. <laughs> oh, cartoonish, very yeah.
1: cartoonish, very very. And
0: cartoonish. um, and it's at this point uh, where you you pretty much end that chapter and you begin yeah. the next one, which is called "Son of a Gun," where we get introduced to our uh, new character, uh, Chris Mannix, played by Walton Goggins, the uh, the new sheriff in town, who for me, hands down, is my favourite. Character in the film, I think he steals this film. Now, I think the only reason, in fact, the only person that gives him a run for his money is Samuel Jackson. Mm. But I think that's because Samuel Jackson has rather unfairly been given all of the best stuff to do because uh, Jackson pretty much instigates a lot of things that happen on screen. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. So therefore, he also get, gets to partake in a lot of the uh, the dialogue as well. Um, but Chris Mannix is pretty much there. Um, someone just getting involved with it all and I think he uh, yeah I think uh, Waton Goggins pretty much steals it for me I mm. think by the end of the film I was loving his character so I yeah. not, don't like the character no, but uh, I he was, played the character so well
1: there were times where I genuinely <clears throat> hated this well you were questioning yourself the entire film
0: whether he actually is this sheriff or not um, oh no isn't that the funny thing? Yeah. He's the only one out of all eight of them that's actually well, potentially because we still don't know if he is. Yeah, But, but you kind of get the, the the inference that he probably is. Yeah. Um. But if he if he is the sheriff, then he's the only one who is telling the truth throughout this whole film. Yeah. The only one. He's just a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a dickhead. A fucking racist and a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, they're all racist, really. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, he, you just find you're second guessing the entire time. There are mm. times in this film when I genuinely hated the sheriff, mm. but ultimately, yeah, I, I would say that he's uh, again for, just because of what he gets to do. Samuel Jackson he does nip it for me, okay. but um,
0: yeah, oh god, we're, we're going to cover everything that he gets to do because he gets to do so much. Oh god, <laughs> I can't. The, the next chapter when he gets when we get to Silent Night.
1: Oof. Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah son of a gun has one of my favorite chats in it because i mean first of all i mean you get introduced to Goggins' character and he's freezing to death and he's trying to talk his way into this carriage and they don't fucking believe him um i suppose it's a bit of a coincidence that everyone seems to recognize who everybody is back then yeah um oh you're this guy this guy's son how the fuck do you recognize him because you remember what newspapers looked like back in those days you know drawings of people weren't that great (laughs) but whatever we'll we'll, uh, we'll let him off but this, I, I think the thing that made me think I'm really going to enjoy this character is the moment that Kurt Russell says okay you can come in but put these on and he chucks the uh, the handcuffs down at his feet mm. and Goggins uh, just picks them up takes one look at them and goes no <laughs> throws them back at him <laughs> Oh, it's great but once he's actually in the carriage it's the because they all start getting political don't they Yeah. about who believes in what during you know the war time when it was on and who fought for what and who did what and I just love the way that Goggins goes about trying to wind up Samuel L. Jackson's character by telling John Ruth uh, about him being a war coward uh, and about the fact that he used to be in a prison and that he broke out um, and then he tells uh, Samuel L. Jackson to tell John Ruth how he managed to break out and Jackson just sort of you know doesn't give a shit he's just like well the place was made out of wood so I burnt it down <laughs> and literally all of them start laughing except Chris Maddox who's, who's looking stunned like yeah. what the fuck are they all laughing for <laughs> people died god damn it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is the 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 kind of stuff I think where people are just like going, alright they're talking. Get on with it." When's the action going to happen? I know, you know, on their first viewing, but on the second viewing, it's like this is the stuff you really soak up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which probably means I should
1: watch it a second time. Oh, you should. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it a second time. It's just like (laughs) it's just about when.
0: Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, but this is great because you're basically setting up two guys that hate each other stand on complete opposite sides of the track. And and they are the ones that have to end up teaming up in the final act. I know. I think that's the the genius of it all. I mean, that continues in the next chapter because the forever cause he's winding him up even further uh, when we get to uh, the haberdashery. Yeah, it's um, like
1: the. This is when I really, kinda, when he really annoyed me was when he, because it it is in chapter three in the Minnie's haberdashery, Minnie's haberdashery, is, yep. which is when um the. Which is when Mannix does say, does kind of talk, um, talk Jackson's character out of it. In that, that's not a letter from Abraham Lincoln, is it?
0: That's oh, so good that scene. Yeah. Uh, lovely little, lots of lovely bits of repetition of uh, dialogues. So I hear you got a letter from from Abraham from Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, the president, the yep. president of the United States of yes. America. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but what you know, uh. You
1: know when something important was going to happen because um, uh, Mannix was sitting beside um, Warren at the table eating their <coughs> stew, right. and then he went over, got his bowl, and moved away because he was because he's going to, because he was going to be confrontational. He just I, I'm going to I'm going to piss you off now, so I don't want to be sitting beside you. So he just takes his bowl and he goes like, puts um, is it a uh, Tim Roth's character between the two of them?
0: Yeah, well, what happens is you've got – he sits down between him and Tim Roth's character, and he starts talking to – he ignores Jackson at first. He talks to Tim Roth's character about how do you feel about hanging a woman, and that's when the discussion about you only need to hang mean bastards, but mean bastards you need to hang – And then he gets up when OB comes busting in because the guy's outside freezing to death. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I was frozen to death out there. And that's when the guy gets the big uh, bear um, bear, bear cover and slides down by the floor. So Mannix actually got up to help him. And when he goes back to sit down, he takes his bowl off of where he was sitting and then sits down the far end away from Samuel or Jackson. But then he starts to taunt him. Mm. He's like, So, how are you doing, Black Major? And he's Mm. like, Go hee haw. You know, (laughs) I don't want to talk to you. But then that's when he brings up the letter. And uh John says you've got a Lincoln letter. <laughs> yes.
1: A, a, a letter from Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Yes. The President of the United States. Yes. Yes. Abraham Lincoln America. the President of the United <laughs> States. Yes. Yeah. Mr Lincoln. Oh. The, the President of the United yeah, States. Oh,
0: it's so good. Yeah. it's so good because you'd think Kurt Russell didn't see through this lie; he was suckered by it. Yeah. Whereas Chris Maddox is just like, "Fuck off!" Is that true? <laughs> and that's literally all he says. He's like, "I'm sorry to tell you, but there's no fucking way that a guy who was run out of the army, who's black, was on, was pen pals of Abraham Lincoln." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then you see the realization in Kurt Russell's face, and he looks at Samuel Jackson, and he's like, "Is that true?" And Samuel Jackson just given up at this point. He's like, "Yeah, of course it was." <laughs> Um, but you get a nice moment there because those two are the two that had a sort of trust. They were looking out for mm. each other. And then suddenly Kurt Russell feels betrayed. But then Samuel Jackson Expl- hits back with, the, I, it got me on the coach. So I, I have to lie in order to get on with you people. I have to, uh, uh, w- w- what's the word he says? Disarm. Yeah, it disarms yeah. white people. Yeah. And I thought that was nice because you can see in Kurt Russell's face that although he's been tricked a long time ago and made to be look like a fool the guy's actually got a point yeah. if he didn't have that letter there's no way that they would have ever have talked in the past mm. yeah it's good it's very clever the weird thing is that it's at that moment is when Samuel Jackson gets up goes and fetches some stew and then goes and attacks the old guy yeah so he literally just goes straight to it so I was like so you got pissed off by the uh but uh, the, the young southerner guy mm. and then decided fuck it I'm going to go kill this old geezer instead
1: <laughs> uh, look it's it's you know it's projecting your anger uh, it's um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good anger management there's no point in retaliating just like well I, I'm going to put it here I'm going to vent it this way
0: yeah
1: but before that happens I suppose
0: we haven't talked about all the other people that have been introduced uh, all before this I know so we've got the yeah.
1: we've got uh, Joe Gage
0: um, yes, Michael Madsen is Joe Gage. Uh, Oswaldo Mowbray. Yep, Tim Roth. Um, uh, Bruce um, Dern. Sanford. General Smithers. Sanders.
1: Yeah. Bob. And Bob. And Bob. Sr. Bob. Sr. Bob. Um, is Oswaldo Mowbray? Is he the new Red Rock Hangman?
0: Do well, that's what he, he say, says. He, he says that, he... that he's the, the hangman for of those parts. And again, it's one of those coincidences. So you just happen to have stolen the hangman's identity. And then when the actual sheriff uh, comes in, the new sheriff, they start talking business because he goes, oh, have you got the papers for this guy we're hanging next week? And he's like, yes, I have in my bag. And they start, mm. you know, talking shop basically and doing business. And I thought, well, that's fucking lucky that he uh, happened to have all that on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just one of those sort of weird character coincidences like yeah they need to do that but whatever
1: because yeah. my, my
0: thing my thing would be
1: if, I, w- I guess he must be new obviously I mean like he, we know who he is but <laughs> yeah how new is he because you'd assume that um that uh John Ruth R- John might, Ruth might, Ruth might, might know, my, my sh- know a hangman when he sees one that's um, true anyways
0: that was one of my own that's one of my only kind of yeah, grievances yeah. if you will uh, they, no, that's, he a, good, would that's have... a good point I've got a couple of other little ones like later on when we learned that Minnie doesn't accept Mexicans in there mm. and I'm like well why the fuck did she then because <laughs> the Mexican dude clearly got in and he was standing there watching guys playing chess and everything I'm like if you have, have, have no Mexicans rule surely they would have said something in that sc- uh, scene but but did he did, you, did, did you hear him speak you did because when he goes up to the the guys who are playing uh, the chess oh, game, of course, yeah, he's cause... like, "I just want to watch. I don't understand the game." You know, he's doing that whole sort of voice. Yeah, it's like shtick, there's no yeah. way that that would have been mistaken for anything else.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah, but whatever. You know, I, I guess it doesn't matter. The nice little uh, um, uh, bit of detail there because I remember when I was watching it, when Samuel Jackson's in the barn questioning him, you know, what, well, who are you? Why are you here? Mm. And and he tries to trick him by saying that Minnie smokes a pipe. Yeah. And then he goes no, and then the Mexican guy goes no actually Minnie smokes red apple tobacco and obviously red apple yeah. is the the Tarantino brand in all these movies. Mm. And you actually see that later on in the film she's yeah. rolling a, a a cigarette. She rolls one for Char- Channing Tatum mm. and you can see the Mexican guy walking by them in the background watching as she says I've I've, only, I've got red apple tobacco. Yeah. So it's like eh. like it when uh, you know a script writer pays attention to his own material. Yeah.
1: Which yeah. Tarantino does? Yeah, um, this is
0: a this is the the, the longest uh, section of the film. This uh, haberdashery because you're getting introduced to all these new guys, mm-hmm. and then and then it has to kick because it ends with uh, the the showdown that we'll get to uh, shortly with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. So I guess there's a bit of legwork being done there because you got you get introduced to Joe Gauge. Who are you? Why are you here? And then later on, they're taking guns off of people. Yeah. Um. Before they all start settling down to have this due. So uh, I guess that's the, uh, you know, I can see why people are like, God's sake, we spent 40 minutes getting here with these opening two chapters, and now you, you do actually spend another almost 40 minutes getting to that story mm. that's uh, to be told. But uh, I think if you're enjoying the characters, it isn't going to matter uh, so much. No, absolutely not. And like I said, um, w- with the things that bothered me with other Tarantino movies, is that a lot of the chatter that's going on, isn't, doesn't mean anything, so therefore I'm bored shitless. Hello, death proof. Mm. But here it's all relevant. Whoever you're sitting down and talking to, they are talking about who they are and what they do or mm. what they represent in that era. So it's it's all um, definitely relative.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely it is. Um, it's it's just always engaging. That's yeah. the that's the crux. Is that with mm. yeah? With some of his stuff in the past, he has all this chat, and that's what he that's what he does. He's like. Tarantino is something of a poet in how he writes scripts. It's like, so it's, you know, when it, when it hits, it really fucking hits. And that's what he's done here is the, the story and the, the, just the script is just super engaging and hats off to the guys, uh, I suppose the, the hateful ladies that are here doing it because they're all sublime, but it's, uh, hugely due to, to what they've got to work with and, Absolutely, Tantino has really hit the nail on the head.
0: He's just—he has—it's
1: just even like Not, up 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 to this um this kind of this showdown between uh between Jackson and uh, the old geezer, the <laughs> uh, everything up to that point, it, like you don't know if it is incidental or whether it's pointless or whether it's means anything just yet. Yeah. But it's and still you literally
0: you just don't know who is you, telling the truth exactly. about themselves and who isn't exactly. But it's uh, still for sure. super engaging. Absolutely. There's a nice little moment when they first come in, and uh, Kurt Ross was refilling the coffee, yeah. and he's dragging uh, he's dragging Daisy around with him, and he goes to uh, fetch the coffee beans, and then Daisy just says, "We got the sheriff of Red Rock with us," and I was like, "Oh, that's sneaky." She's basically telling all her cohorts that they have potentially got you know the law there yeah. with them because Tim Roth is is. You're actually paying attention to Tim Roth asking questions of Kurt Russell and then that gets dropped he's like, oh, you're travelling with the Sheriff of Red Rock, are you? And Russell's just like, oh, that's bullshit, that guy's lying, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he tells Daisy to shut up and he says, I'll hit you right in front of all these people. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but even when uh, Jackson finally enters, because he's the last one to come back in when yeah. he comes back in with Bob and they've, got ham- they've all got to keep hammering that fucking door shut because it's blowing open. Mm. Um, and you can just see him literally taking one scan around the room and sizing everybody up figuring out you know roughly what's going on here mm. Yeah, and they're all looking right. at him
1: because he's the because Absolutely. he's the n-word with the letter from Lincoln <laughs> there's all that disbelief in that room when they find out that of all the people that has a letter from
0: Abraham Lincoln it's this fella I know yeah, yeah alright let's talk about the, that scene then so Jackson gets up and he goes over to what you initially think is to have a respectful supper uh, mm. with the old guy who fought on the other side from him they sit down he gives him some stew and then the guy starts telling him about his life and how things worked out and then just in there Dra- Jackson drops the fact that oh yeah your son spoke highly of your wife as well mm. And then that's when it's like, you know my son? He's like, yep. And then they start uh, having a bit of a debate about whether we knew him or not uh, to the point where he says, you know, I know the day he died. you know what day that was? The day he met me. And
1: then... Yeah, well then Bruce Stern, he uh Smithers, Sandy Smithers, just like kind of slowly kind of shuffles to the edge of his seat and is as, like staring. Staring. Oh, and
0: Jackson put something next to him.
1: His gun. Yep. He slips his gun down and uh, tells a story of how Smithers' his son mm-hmm. met his end when him and some of his cohorts went up into the mountains after a black man to kill him yep. for some money. um, For the bounty in his head, I guess. And then the... Yeah. But that uh, that man was that man was Warren Major Warren who yep. swiftly dealt with um with Smithers' uh friends, um, yep. and then when Smithers was begging for his life, uh, this is Smithers Jr., when Smithers uh-huh. Jr. was begging for his life, um, dropped who his father was. Uh-huh. Little did he knew that Warren had encountered his father years before, uh-huh. and it was at this point that Warren decided, well, we're going to have a fun old time. <laughs> yes. Causes asks Smithers Jr. to kindly um, strip naked, They go for a walk in the snowy mountains, in the freezing cold, for a good two hours. It is at this point that Smithers Jr. then falls to his knees, and he begs. But he doesn't beg for his life, and he doesn't beg for death. He just asks for a blanket. That's all he wants, because he knows he's not going to live, and he knows death is coming. He just wants to be a bit warm. And Warren knows that this man will do anything for a blanket, that this racist bigot will do anything for a blanket. Yep. And then Warren takes out his penis <laughs> and tells the racist to suck on this black dingus. <laughs> dingus? Qu- quote, unquote.
0: Did you laugh at the word dingus like I did? So
1: many times. They said it so many times. <laughs> um, and he's... Pain- but it's just the horror on the father's face when he's telling... When Warren is telling him this
0: story, and you just like. All the while Silent Night is being played on a piano th- in the one background.
1: It th- is lovely Christmas. Pu- by Bob the Mexican. Perfect. <laughs> by Bob the Mexican. Being played badly at first as well. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, start over, doesn't he? <laughs> and then. But Bruce Dern's face, just his horror. He just like. He loses all the colour in his face. Pun intended. And it's yeah. just,
0: and I love, I love that it that it just it, it just sort of uh, it, it breaks out of itself, and it cuts to, back to Samuel Jackson. He's like, "You're starting to see pictures, aren't you?" Yeah. <laughs> your, your son naked, black dingus in his mouth, him shaking, yeah. him crying, me laughing.
1: <laughs> it was warm because it was blood in there. Oh, it's fucking. Oh, that's right. You know I... fucking... Is this Samuel Jackson's greatest speech under? Under Tarantino's direction, I know, but it's certainly the fucking <laughs> gru most gruesome one. Oh God, yeah, this was <laughs> d- like you're just kind of like you're just kind of like you're tense watching this. Yeah. You're actually physically tense. This is it yeah. was it was amazing. This scene,
0: yeah. But then then it sort of started to deflate because then he just sort of casually walks over and leans. He's like, I never gave him that blanket, by the way, Mm. blah, blah, blah. It's literally when he says, the dumbest thing your kid did was to tell me that he was your son. And then that's when Bruce Stone goes for the gun.
1: Yeah. And that's when... No,
0: Of course, uh, in reality, one of the others, especially Chris Max, would have walked over by that point and removed that gun from the situation. Yeah. Because he does leap up at one point. He's like, you leave him alone. Yeah. Um, But they all kind of disappear. It becomes just about the two of them. But they, um, you can imagine that they're oh, all please. just
1: as engrossed in this story as we probably, are.
0: Probably, yeah. They're probably just all fucking gobsmacked. I'm. I'm surprised we didn't get to see a shot of them all just like, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Especially when, um, when like when we get to the end of the film, yeah. Like it'd be it'd be good if you did get a shot because when we get to the mm. end of the film, no one in the room, apart from maybe Mannix, gives a mm. shit about that old man.
0: Yeah. So right. it'd be
1: good to see how, say, Tim Roth was looking when yeah. when you know that we're probably going to kill this fella anyways
0: that's right yeah so literally it, it would have just been Mannix that would have done something mm. or say, and he does say something at one point but then that's the last of it you would have thought that he, he would have stomped over and went right that's enough of this shit but instead uh, he seems to be listening as well so that you know doesn't quite add up but whatever it's a great scene yeah it is uh, dingus <laughs> that's where the intermission is which um, as I said it's the second time I saw it I was like oh I, co- I thought that the intermission would have been better so being at the end of the next uh, uh, sequence, but more on that later. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I had an intermission, came back, and then we get uh, chapter 4 domague Domgu's got a secret, and hey, Tarantino makes his cameo as Mr. Voiceover yeah. Man, which yeah. is fine. No, he's great. I mean, like, yeah. you know what's in. Puts everything, yeah, puts everything in place, and uh, and this is where it all sort of kicks into a, a bit of a faster gear. I mean, you've only got an hour left at this point, anyway. So uh, yeah, it's it's sort of uh, along the way. Someone's poisoned the coffee, mm. um, and I I was surprised when I first saw this when I watched this going. I was like, oh fucking hell, because you know you keep thinking, stay away from that fucking pot of coffee, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no goes there, gets it. Um, Dombey uh singing a song. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting sequence. How how did you feel about all this? Um, yeah, I mean, I I can tell you now. Um... I gave up coffee
1: a couple of years ago, um, <laughs> just because I've, I've I don't have that many vices in my life, but I fancy getting rid of one, and coffee was the one that I got rid of. God okay. forbid I get rid of alcohol. Um, so, <laughs> um, not in any rush to go back to coffee now. Yeah. Fucking hell! That was a when Ruth and Obi are re, they're gurning. Oh, pff, it's gross! Yeah.
0: It's gross. Uh, it's but... projectile vomit blood lovely
1: onto Domegu's mm.
0: face and onto her face Oof. and oh, while she's laughing maniacally at him I was like Jesus Christ it, yeah. this
1: is another one of those scenes where it's like you're watching it through your fingers like this is fucking gross mm. this is it this is like
0: this is, this what... is also where she loses her teeth because that's when he punches her so hard on her front teeth yeah uh, they're just or, or gone. I just... remember at the end of the film I was like why has she got no fucking teeth because she's had teeth earlier on at the beginning it's because he's fucking knocked them out Yeah, like <laughs> she gets
1: again she gets the shit kicked out of her in this film it's ridiculous
0: yeah. she, she becomes yeah. more beastly as
1: it goes on just just becomes more of the character that she's obviously been hiding throughout the film like this is who she we is fi- we see who she is at the end of this film yeah um, absolutely and yeah. this is like yeah she's mental mate
0: yeah <laughs> Cause, I mean, even when she's like trying to root around to find a key in his dead body, and Samuel Jackson, you know, is walking past her to stop her, yeah. it's just the noises that she's making with her breathing through her nose, as she's uh, yeah, it's just become so fucking feral. Yeah, uh, it's it's mad, and she's got those really dark black eyes as well, mm. which you will actually see Channing Tatum has as well when you get you finally get to see a good look at him. They've both got these really really dark black. Fucking eyes. Yeah. Which I think just adds to this because sort of, they give that each other that nice little look when they finally get to see each other. Mm, he's in a pod.
1: <laughs> yeah, so something like that. Um mm. Yeah, the the uh, uh so Damien's got a secret. So the yeah, the poison yeah. coffee. Uh poor Obi He did not have a good time this film. The poor lad. he he he's either he's he's either out in the cold he, he's out in the cold on top of a fucking <laughs> Horse-drawn carriage, or he's out in the cold getting locked out of the building, or he's out in the cold (laughs) again. Yep. Um, Or else he, or else he finally gets inside, wants to pop on, get some bit of, get a bit warm. I'll have a cup of coffee. Just vomits his guts up.
0: Poor. I was the only one that laughed at the beginning of this uh, chapter when Tarantino was doing his voiceover in the cinema when uh it's because because obviously when he came back in from being almost frozen to death he's like i'm not never, go- never going out in that shit yeah, again yeah. <laughs> um and then tarantino's voiceover is you know two of them uh, uh i think it was joe gage uh Off decided yeah. to uh take the body outside and uh they drew lots they drew straws to pick who would go with him oh. ob lost yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's <little> funny. yeah <laughs> again,
1: this film is just really funny in <laughs> points as well it's just like that kind of dry yeah. humor it's really good um uh yeah, so the so the, the coffee is poisoned. Yeah. We're down to two of the hatels and Oh what happens next?
0: Well Jackson uh tells them all get up against the wall, including Chris Mannix, because he's like, right, fucking we're gonna sort this shit out here. Um and it's from there he then tra- tells Mannix that he can join him. And he, and Mannix is like, oh, so you, you're starting to believe my story about being the sheriff now? And he's like, I don't know about that, but you were about to drink that coffee, so therefore I know I can trust you. Yeah. Basically, and it's the, here he goes <clears throat> right. Basically, uh, one or all of you are, are in with her, and you know it's basically it, this is where it becomes the Agatha Christie, where it becomes the Who Done It and how and why. Mm. Um, but he decides first of all to go after Bob mm. because he knows that Bob's a fucking liar. Yeah. He, he, but Bob defends himself, saying, "I couldn't have poisoned the coffee because I was playing the piano." Mm. And he says, "Oh, I know you didn't poison the coffee, but I also know that you didn't make the stew because the stew tastes like mini stew, etc., uh, etc." Et and then that's when he goes into the big story about how Bob is basically a fucking liar. Yeah, and then shoots him on the fucking spot. Mm. Shoots him twice, and then stands over him and blows his head off for two more bullets. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Just like... Nice little effect there. Him,
1: yeah. um, that's and, it. Uh, Go on.
0: Yeah. Like, so I thought you were going to say something about that.
1: Oh, I was just going to say that the... Um, the When uh, when Jackson just say, Oh, I never... I know you didn't poison the coffee. I yeah. just know that something sh- shady is going on here, essentially, is what yeah. he says. And when he really gets into it, and when he says what, how he knows that, like, you know, the no dogs are Mexicans no dogs home. No Mexicans but then she changed her mind about the dogs um <laughs> but yeah it's just a, it's just another really good like yeah. bit of dialogue a really good yeah. bit of Jackson doing his thing
0: it is like I said he, he's been given way too much to do above everybody else mm. at this point I'm kind of thinking when was the last time I heard from Tim Roth <laughs> <laughs> he is very underused yeah nice echoes of Mr. Orange though towards the end just lying there in his own blood yeah but um, I do like the the banter that's going on with Chris Mannix as well because they're going on about, you know, one of you poisoned the coffee and Mannix is like, yeah, like, I could have drank it, god damn it. And then Jackson's like, maybe it wasn't Senior Bob because he was at the piano. And he was like, maybe it was you, uh, British man. Maybe you stole someone's identity and they're lying in a gutter somewhere. Mm. And Mannix is like, or maybe we go with my opinion that it's the ugliest guy here, yeah. <laughs> which, which is you, Joe Cage <laughs> And he's right yeah. it is Joe Cage because <laughs> when he finds out cause, uh, because once he's killed uh, Bob's been killed mm. Jackson basically grabs the kettle and he goes right one of you two are going to admit this now or I'm going to pour this down her throat yeah as we speak time's up and then that's when Joe Gage says alright alright I did it and then Maddox is like I fucking knew it <laughs> he goes mental it so yeah. best reaction but it's then at this point that the camera then goes below the floor, bo- uh, floor bo- uh, below the floor boards to reveal Channing Tatum mm. who then shoots Samuel Hill Jackson in the fucking bollocks with a shotgun Oof. and that's where I think they should have had the intermission
1: mm. but then you come I'm back not... and you have like what 45 minutes <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, but then it's a fast forty-five minutes. I uh, have a three-hour movie, you've got you know a good forty minutes left because then you're you're going holy shit, what just happened? Who the fuck is that guy? Why? Is it? You, you talk with people a lot more. I would have thought in the intermission. Maybe. Going, oh, this is exciting. And then you come back, and then you're tricked because you actually go back in time to be introduced to those guys, mm. which is which which is good because then you find out who's who's really who who's really doing what, uh, and then you come to the proper finale with the uh, final chapter. Yeah. But yeah, so Sam get, Jackson gets it in the bollocks. But then Chris Mannix also then gets shot by Tim Ross' character, who has has been carrying a spare gun on himself. Yeah, uh, he then gets shot back by Chris Mannix, and then uh, uh, Madsen's just like, I ain't got a gun.
1: Yeah, I know. Why is why is that a reason why you wouldn't get? I, I get it.
0: Yeah, but... uh, see, at this point, I'm like, well, you know, they're all bad now. You can just shoot them all. Exactly. You can be done with them. Yeah. You know, Tarantino, he likes his talking. Yeah, but we go back in time for chapter 5 which is called The Four Passengers mm. and this is the only part of the film where I'll go okay there's one thing here that I don't like but you know what I don't actually let it it's not going to affect my score of the movie but normally it would and that is Zoe Bell <laughs> uh...
1: crummy fucking acting yeah, but everybody like else to. is fine
0: everybody else is, uh, is fine and I do like uh, uh, Channing Tatum as well I think some people have been a bit sort of Mm. with him but uh, I liked him no I
1: thought it was good yeah I thought it was good I, I forgot that he was in this film as well when I went to see it because he's not in any of yeah. the promo stuff I knew he was in it because he did like interviews yeah. and stuff and but yeah. he's not it, like it, he's it does
0: not saying Anne Channing him at the beginning of the film but because it's been going on for so long you yeah. completely forget that he's at back, that he's going to show up at some point yeah
1: um yeah, I completely forgot that he's going to be in it. Let then... alone
0: hiding under the fucking floorboards. Well, yeah. But yeah, did you like all the banter in here? Because you know they're talking about sweets and they're, uh, they're talking about how to speak French. And she asked her husband to say he's my ass fat, so just so she can say we.
1: Oui. Oh god, yeah. Um, it's good. I don't think it's the best.
0: I thought, yeah, that's that's the modern Tarantino coming out. Mm. But no, it was it was it was good. It was just
1: a good introduction, I guess, into these guys and. Uh... <laughs>
0: Tim Ross's character turns out to be still English but with a cockney accent as opposed to uh the posh one. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing is that his character's name is I think it's Pete Hickox is English what his, Pete uh, Hickox, his actual yeah. name is and when he's originally introduced to uh, by Kurt Russell to Chris Mannix because he's like oh guess who this is this is the you know because he's trying to have a wind up hmm. with Mannix because he doesn't believe that he's the sheriff. And he's just learned that this other guy is the Hangman. So he introduces the two of them to see if they get on. And he says, guess who this is, Mannix? Mannix actually says Wild Bill. And Wild Bill's last name is Hickox. So, again, Chris Mannix kind of being right, sort of.
1: (laughs) Wild Bill?
0: Yeah, the real Wild Bill's last name was Hickox.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Uh,
0: The the real name of uh, uh, Tim Roth's character last name is actually Hickox.
1: Okay, I see. I get you.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'll bet you that's just a little seed of uh, That Tarantino dropped in there Of actually this guy's always right And he's always telling the truth Even though he's a dick Yeah Yeah, Okay (laughs) Yeah Fair enough Maybe Or I I could just be reading into it Way too much But I I spotted that anyway
1: You probably are Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah Um. Hey I was forced to bloody uh, Study all of his stuff Back in college So you know Some of it stuck Okay Sadly Fair enough this is the first time I've actually done it and enjoyed it. Yeah, congrats! Um, <laughs> anyways, we're do yeah, they kill all these people? <laughs> <laughs> poor sweet Dave gets it in the fucking back with a giant fucking knife. Poor fucker. I know, Jesus Christ! And the um, yeah. the poor—he's a. He, I've seen him in a couple of things. Uh, he was in a horror film called *The Sacrament*, where he led a cult. Um, I have which is worth this. checking out. I don't want to spoil that film for you, but it's really worth checking out. Okay. Uh, but he was also. Did you saw uh, No Country for Old Men? Haven't you? Yeah, of course. Do you remember the scene when Javier Bardem's at the gas station and he's yeah. winding not the guy that that works there. That's that's that guy. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Sweet Dave's poor chair. Um, yeah. This is. Uh, it's funny because you know what's coming. Yeah. And the four guys walk in. You know what's coming. They go yeah. over to get warm by the stove, and they're.
0: Um, yeah. you know I actually a, a guy I went to see this with at cinema he said I would have liked to have seen that scene first and I thought yeah but then you know the guy's waiting under the floorboard the whole time and he's like yeah well that makes it more tense for me and I was like mm, okay I wonder how that would work if he saw that scene first I suppose you know, Whereas, you know what you
1: could easily <clears throat> chop the film because it is in chapters you could easily yeah. just chop the film and do that <clears throat> watch chapter yeah. 5 then chapter 1 and through
0: yeah that's true yeah yeah I said I, I like. I said you, uh, well. Then that way you get. No, you, you've got no suspense about who is who and who is who is not. You know. You know who's there waiting for them when they arrive. Well, that, uh, well, you know they're all on her side. <laughs> well,
1: you've watched this more than once. So, do yeah. you do you lose anything by that knowing who who is?
0: No, because like I said, uh, the, the goldenness is not. Uh, I mean, although it, it, the tension is still there in, in some of the scenes, but it's it's the it's dramatic tension. Mm. Um. That's there. This is very much like a play for me, and I love just soaking up, watching the characters interact with each other.
1: Huh. so may It's be not about work.
0: the action. The action's good when it when it happens, but it, but it's also very brief sometimes when the action happens. It's, it's, yeah. it's there, and then it's over.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay.
0: <clears throat> well, should we move on to the last segment? Black Man, White Hell. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's lying there Bleeding to death And he can't feel his ass anymore
1: <laughs> how, how did he get into the bed?
0: Well I'm guessing Mannix put him there Or helped him there um, And then Mannix Has got to drag a chair around For him so he can Keep himself standing up Because he's slowly bleeding Yeah to death exactly So if,
1: if Mannix can hardly, <laughs> They've got their
0: jackets off They're down to their waistcoats If yeah. Mannix
1: can hardly stand How did he lift Samuel L. Jackson up? And if they did do that sure, They certainly yeah. struggled So why mm. didn't Gage do something Because he was absolutely fully fit?
0: you could say that at any point, why didn't these guys, why didn't Tatum just fucking storm up and shoot the fucking pair of them and blah 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 there's so many times you could do that, why didn't they just pull out that, if Tim Roth's got that spare gun, why don't you go over to his mate and go right okay here are the the two guys that are armed I'll go shoot one of them, you get your gun from under the table and you shoot the other and then we'll quickly run and shoot the other guys who will probably have their hands in the air by that point, you know there's so many different ways that you could say oh they could have dealt with their plan a bit better but I think the key thing is when Tatum says to them, "We're going to play a waiting game here. We're going to wait for them to go to sleep, yeah. and then that's when you put a bullet in them." The, the whole idea is 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 just going by what he said before he went into the basement. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. No. Okay. that's yeah. The that so best
0: sort of not to question it. But you're right. It, it is a case of you know Joe Gage could have done something at any point after the fact, mm. and when he does do something, you know he's obviously doing it in slow motion that they see him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is not quick with the gun, is he?
0: I know. And Jackson fucking shoots everybody, goddammit. Oh, no. So he's already sh- shot the other two people so far. And then he also shoots Tim Roth when Tim Roth won't shut up. Yeah. And then he also, him and uh, Chris Mannix both shoot uh, Joe Gage. Um, mm. But it looks like Jackson shoots him twice. I'm like, fucking hell, he's just trying to steal all the glory here, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he
1: um, gets to well, suppose, again, the two of them do hang... Um...
0: They do hang and, Gou, yeah. and yeah. And I love it when he shoots her in the foot, though, when she's like, you know, I want you to kill that, you know, N-word um, over there. And then Zach just sits up and shoots her in the foot You yeah. just see her foot explode. She's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and again, her getting covered in blood again, this time her mm. own fucking blood. Yeah. And actually, isn't he... He's shooting the body of John Ruth to shut her up as well. Because at yeah. one point he shoots John Ruth's body in the back so that his blood splatters on her. Mm. Shut her up. And she also gets oh. Channing
1: Tatum's head all over her.
0: Oh, that's the best one.
1: Yeah, Seeing Channing Tatum's perfectly handsome face get blown up.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, and a I'm, I'm lovely surprise when I saw it the first time and I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you just like, you see her as the demonic beast that she really is. And when, uh, skipping to the part when they hang her, I was like, we're in fucking giallo- Italian horror territory here with these images. Mm. She looks like fucking Carrie hanging there with all that blood all over her, you know. know. Um, yeah, oh, some yeah, some some great weird, sick, bizarre imagery. This woman hanging there, covered in blood, with a fucking arm handcuffed to her. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking
1: weird. Like when she is hanging, and mm-hmm. there's just the shot, mm. and it's kind of scaling down, like just you just see um Ruth's arm just hanging off her. Oof.
0: Yeah. Now, did you think for any moment, when she's trying to uh, cut a deal with Mannix, did you actually think for any moment that he might go for it?
1: Yes, because at this point, you still don't know whether he's a sheriff or not. That's right. You don't know who he is. Okay, maybe he's not a bounty hunter, but he could be just a crook.
0: Yeah. I think he slightly, he turns to Jackson, uh, you know, maybe once too many to go, it's all right, don't worry, I'm just going to listen to what she says. But there was a while that I was like, oh, this could go Mm. somewhere weird. But it's a lovely reveal when he's like, no deal, tramp.
1: Yeah. And when he says why...
0: When he gets up, starts ranting about his daddy again. Yeah. And then, and then just suddenly goes, I don't feel good. And then just falls over flat on his back. Just passes out. <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently, she... Because, uh, you know, this, uh, the, the script for this film got leaked. Yeah. Uh, and then they did a stage play version of it instead. They did it on stage and then filmed a completely different ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, in the original ending, she does kill Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? She does get to him, yeah, but then Mannix kills her. So the okay. last person left alive is Mannix uh, again, who is still wounded, mm. uh, left to uh, sort of bleed to death by himself. Okay. And I was like, wow, you know, uh, you know it doesn't surprise me they didn't do that in the film because I was like, this is clearly Samuel L. Jackson's movie, and this poor guy's mm. having you know trouble, you know, keeping up with him. Yeah. Um, but they do, they do, they do it together in the end, and. I don't know Um, I, part of me was just like god I, should I be feeling this amount of euphoric joy that these two people that hate each other have teamed up for the common cause and that common cause is this vile fucking woman that they're hanging together
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, for, yeah, the sake, for the
0: sake of for the, for the sake of upholding John Ruth's principles <laughs> when a hangman catches you you yeah. hang
1: <laughs> I kind of oh. yeah when like you know what a you know what a Tarantino film is and when someone has something like that mm-hmm. you know how it's going to end and like realistically yeah. when you're watching it and, you, and the, you just know that at some point during this film that girl is going to be hanging from a noose yeah you should know that re- realistically but oh well yeah.
0: My favourite moment of the movie is the last moment. It's when the two that we look Goggins just slides off the bed to be sitting on the floor. Uh, Jackson's behind him on the bed still, mm. and they're both knackered and slowly bleeding out. And um, you think, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna slowly like fade to black or something, and away we go. But instead, you get this last beat where he goes, oh, can I have a look at that letter, please, the Lincoln letter. Yeah. You know, which which he knows is a lie, um, but then he he takes it. Samuel Jackson hands it to him and he reads the entire thing out loud Mm. and you even get to the point where he uh, appreciates the same touch that uh, uh, Kurt Russell's character uh, enjoyed you know, old Mary Todd's calling so it must be time for bed Mm. and uh, I just thought that was a really, really sort of sweet tender moment between these two guys (laughs) at the end even though it's over something that's a a complete fucking lie but it's more of a case of uh, you know, there's much, much more acceptance going on between them and yeah, no, I just really like that but at the same time the camera also pans up to the side of Jennifer Jason Lee's body just hanging there yeah. in front of them as well. But it was good. I really enjoyed the, the, that last moment. I thought that was a class bit of writing.
1: Mm. That was. No, it was a, a lovely letter that um, Samuel L. Jackson paid to himself
0: bothering you about it overall or anyone underserved more so than others? Um, or anyone well, I I do
1: think that Tim Roth has maybe underserved a bit. He's a fantastic actor yeah. and it's great to see him back with Tarantino again. I just kind of wish Absolutely. he was doing a little bit more. Um, Madsen
0: as well, maybe a little bit and all.
1: Yeah. Uh, bit Michael Madsen has got the worst aim in the world it seems. Um, yes. yep. the, well, There was one thing that I did want to mention which we have seen in Tarantino films before and it was was in this last chapter I'm sure it was at some of the punch in the film I just this is where I picked up on it is um, when uh, Jackson is lying in the bed covering his own blood Uh and um, it's after Mannix make a
0: deal with his diabolical bitch
1: (laughs) it's after Mannix shoots the diabolical bitch and he sits back up and the two of them are in the frame and even though the two of them are Far out, like they're di- there should, ah, should be yes. different perspectives. They're still in yeah, focus. Yeah, yeah. You've got
0: that like they're both in focus. And the, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got that
1: like it's as if like someone's like thumbed the yeah. the <clears throat> space between them. So it's like yeah. the space between them isn't in focus, and just that that shot which. Tarantino does countless times um,
0: yeah you get that uh, Sam Raimi does that in some stuff if you, certainly if you see The Quick and the Dead which his his western you get that someone yeah. like standing in the doorway behind someone and they're both completely in focus mm. um, I like I I like that I like what's going on in that shot because Goggins has basically just got himself awake again and he's soaked in sweat yeah, yeah he's in a lot of pain you know mm. putting his gun at this woman yeah yeah good spot
1: cheers Um, no shot from the inside of a trunk of a car looking out we did get (laughs) we did get some shots from the inside of the carriage looking out
0: Um, but that's about it (laughs) yeah so I had already mentioned on our previous episodes that only two Tarantino films did I like first time round the first one was Jackie Brown Mm -hmm. Which uh, I do still like, but uh, has been kicked out of my top three Tarantino movies now. The other film uh, is this, The Hateful Eight. Yes, this one is rather strong yeah, for me. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and I think looking at my top three, it was uh, Reservoir Dogs, Inglourious Bastards and Jackie Brown. It's now The Hateful Eight at the top.
1: Oh, wow. Straight in This into.
0: is my first and only five star out of five. Tarantino movie. Let me paint you a picture. This came out in America last year, right? Mm-hmm. In December. If we got it in December, this would have been my number two film of the year and I would have actually have had to sit and think about whether I think it's better than Mad Max or not. And I did sit and think about whether I prefer this to, to Fury Road. Love them to bits. Can watch them again and again and again. But I thought no, Fury Road definitely has has the has the edge, mm. but this would have been a very very close second place, and easily above everything else that was in my top ten that year. So so far, it's my favourite film of this year. Okay. Which ain't saying much because I've seen like two films. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I've um, uh, at the time of recording this, I've reviewed a couple of films for the site. Another one which um I'm embargoed on, um, so I can't talk about it for another week. Uh, What's the film called? Uh, Triple Nine. Okay. Um, Look out for Chrissy's review. Uh, but I, the rev- if we're talking about the films that I have seen, that I'm allowed to talk about, so it's what's my favourite film of the year so far? Is it The Hateful Eight, or is it, or is it Ride Along Two? <laughs>
0: oh yes, everybody, uh, do get on the site and read Chrissy's Ride Along Two review, which he refused to go and see, and then it came out, and I said, do you want to go review it? And then for some bizarre fucking reason, you said yes. I felt as though I hadn't given the ride-along trilogy the review it deserves. <laughs> um, fucking hell, I, I was gobsmacked and yet excited when you actually went on. Because I was just like, hey, Chris, here's this. Why don't you go review it? Expect to go, go fuck yourself, email
1: back. It was when you... Usually what <laughs> happens is Stephen will email all the writers and say... Uh, here's a screening we've been invited to Anyone fancy this one In this scenario Stephen emailed only me And said you're going to this <laughs> you, uh, no, no question mark Not, not like you're going to this It was like you're going to this full stop um, So look look at I uh, I'm always Happy to be able to Share my views and films um, oh shit and there's going to be a third one or you've had it mate you're going to get it <laughs> uh, there is a third one there certainly will be a third one they're making too much money to not hopefully but I can tell you what it certainly will not be better than The Hateful Eight because this film is no, nice little segue there <laughs> this film is um... <laughs> this, this film is this film um... is Fantastic. This is really good.
0: I don't know what's my favorite.
1: I need to see it a couple more times before I can say it. it's my oh, favorite Tarantino. Do. If you've film. only
0: seen it once and you're thinking that, you know, good things about yeah. it, then yeah, you're you're going to love it next time round I know, because I just. Oh, I,
1: I love glorious Bastards. I said it last time and I'll say it now. I do. Mm. Uh, this probably will push it over because it's just so engrossing. And again, like, I watched mm. this a couple of weeks ago and I'm still like. Oh, excuse me. I'm still like. I kind of want to watch it now, you know what I mean? So. Yeah yeah this is a this is a great film I cannot wait to own this film really good film Um, (laughs) yeah
0: go on fucking five stairs why not (laughs) certainly what I've certainly what I've seen but that's that's it that's us us done on our retrospectives uh, our retrospective Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris and I are slowly discussing future retrospectives that we're going to do together this year so more news on them as they come up but in the meantime next week you're going to hear Chris and I responding to the Super Bowl trailers is that right? Uh, yes that's right yes um, and then the week after that we'll be doing our Deadpool oh. spoiler podcast because we're seeing that very soon yes we yes. are oh god
1: I yes. cannot wait for this yeah. film my expectations are sky <laughs> fucking high uh, for Deadpool um, I will
0: also be squeezing in at some point in February podcast with Ben Pegley we're going to be doing the uh, Dollars Trilogy the Clint Eastwood Dollars Trilogy uh, Sergio Leone uh, Dollars Trilogy and then at the end of the month or the beginning of March Chris and I will be uh, talking about the Academy Awards uh, once they've uh, yeah been on I'll be watching those once, live around maze house once
1: Ennio Morricone has one best original mm-hmm. score
0: and Sylvester Stallone has got supporting <laughs> actors that's all I want
1: yeah that's and I still have to see Creed. I still I still I still have to watch Creed uh currently. Uh but yeah. I'll have it watched by then. I've got to be watching all of the uh Academy films in the lead up. Don't forget Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well I watched that recently. It's the Irish one.
1: The Irish one. <laughs> yeah, Jesus all the potatoes. With and your stuff. mate
0: Domehole. Donald. <laughs> Donald. Donal, yeah. yeah, he's in there for like fucking twenty minutes, but yeah, he shows up the
1: best twenty minutes
0: yeah well he's a he, he's he, like I said uh, you watch you watch Star Wars and then fucking that film and then The Revenant it's like my god he's got a really strong range
1: yeah and
0: fucked up name Brent, but yeah Brendan's son
1: Brendan Lees is yeah. a fucking behemoth of fucking acting like
0: Jesus um so plenty more on them later and all super <laughs> alright dude let's uh, sign off and um yeah we'll be back next week goodbye bye